Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're clear to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome yet again to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And this is episode, I just realized it's 72. And if you put a little decimal yeah. in between those numbers, it represents a one of our favorite people. You're such an able. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. You're so mean. Dude, I didn't even realize until that. I literally was looking at 72. I'm like, 72. Here we go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Love you, Britt. It's a great, it's a, it's a love. It's a, it's a. I don't know why I said love. Um, I think it's a great nickname. Um, I wish I can have a nickname. Like you don't have a nickname yet, do you? I do not. Like related to flying. So, I know hey, I know how you feel about call signs, but I hate call signs. A lot of people. So I, when I flight instructed at Attitude, which was you know it's like a a specialty aerobatic tail wheel kind of school, but I'd I'd, I'd wear like collared shirts and shit and polos and so people started calling me marky fresh and that stuck and people still call me marky fresh um which i'm no, i'm cool. not mad at that's I'm, I'm okay with that that uh that call sign but yeah i'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of call signs and nicknames I, I, there, I know it's a certain type of person you know and i feel like uh it might be similar to like bumper sticker people you know like it takes a, a it takes a special kind of person to put a bunch of bumper stickers on the car i feel like it's kind of similar here. I'm going to move. Sorry, everybody. I'm going to move my mic a little bit. Hopefully that didn't make too much noise. Um, but I feel like people that like want to name their airplanes and have to give everybody a call sign kind of feel like that's also a special type of person. I know. Not saying right? it's good like, or bad. I try. Not saying it's good or bad, I, but not me. <clears throat> I think it's bad. I tried. To uh, yeah, it's not for airplane. me. I tried to do it and like it was cringeworthy for me while I was doing. It. I'm like, let me just push through. And I just. I don't know. I just can't do it. Um, you know, it just, it wasn't working for me. I mean, there's, there's one off the top of my head. I like the call sign, like whatever you want to call it, call sign, but name of the plane for um, Sean Brodigan's or Foster's X uh, SC. So it was the 50th one made. So they call it 50. Like that to me is a, that, I can get on with that. I get that. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. There's, there's some that work yeah. for sure. Um, but then you look at like, like the red star guys are notorious for this. They all have to wear flight suits and get, you know, crackers going up for a forum flight with, with Joker. And you're like, your name's Ned. <laughs> and the other guy's name is Phil. You guys are both accountants. Get the fuck over it. Like there's a little bit of that. Like there's so many people that are like, I I'm driving, I'm driving Daisy to go to the airport to then go fly muttons. And we're going to have a great day. And you're like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? That kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's, dude, it's all good. But I've never been a big and I'm former military, too. Like we're like either, you know, people are getting call signs or just nicknames in general. Like it's it was very popular. Obviously, all the, the you know, pilots get call signs. But even enlisted, yeah. you know, it's like it's very easy to get a nickname. And it's always it's always earned the hard way. Right. It's never like a good thing. Um, yeah, it's usually like, cause you screwed up and it's like, Oh, we're going to call you this from now on. Yeah. But, but even like, yeah. I like the, I like the nicknames that we, 
we designated to some of the aerobatic rates. But like those are nicknames that only we not only we, but like everybody but them can use. Like the Don is not gonna go into Walmart and and sign the Don or wherever he's gonna go. Like he's No. He's not gonna No. Or maybe he will. Maybe he will. I mean it'd be cool if he did, but yeah, it's like it, nobody's yeah. <laughs> can you imagine me like call me goody good? Call me goody good. <laughs> call me goody good. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, the nickname thing, I you know, I, I think uh you know, they could be uh, they could be hurtful, but I think people if they give you a call sign, if you get a call sign, even if it's not something you're happy about, if they're giving you a call sign, they like you enough to give you a call sign. It's the ones that were I like, feel like all of our yeah. You know, no, go ahead. No, go. <laughs> I was We're just, a little delay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, um, I was just going to say, you know, it's like if somebody, if, if somebody's not going to give you a call sign, they don't like you. Nobody gives yeah. a call sign to somebody. And I they feel like. like what I was going to say. Yeah. So like all of the nicknames that we like, there's no like Jim Burke, JB. Who doesn't want to be called JB? Yeah. I feel like when you get a nickname with JB, you get a five gallon hat, you got a big belt buckle and you're wearing cut off jeans with some cowboy boots. That's you move, you move to JB. Houston, Texas. You you have to get involved with oil. Like like JB's got he he bought Southeast Arrow, but he really what he really should have done was like buy some oil, you know, an oil rig. Yeah. Now his front yard hey, has I'm that JB. Like, oil thing that goes up and down, whatever you call that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a fucking mechanical bull in the backyard. Yeah. Get in there nice and deep, like. <laughs> <laughs> I like my um, get in that oil, boy. And at Madame President, great nickname. Yeah. Massage you know who, for Mache. Right. The massage chair. Massage chair for his, his extra. That and then, is uh, uh, just an update, everybody. Do, 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 do. Still not flying. As a, <laughs> as, Every week, I feel like we should just have an update, like whether it flies or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay it a visit tomorrow. Maybe I'll run out to the airport and, and take a look at it. Yes. Do it, please. Dude, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a picture of it and then I'm gonna I'm gonna literally list it on Barnstormers for seven hundred grand. Please if it sells, like please do it. You know, and it good for him. He'll take it. I'm gonna be like, yeah. extra three hundred midwing, unique. Um ninety what, what, what what's like almost ready to fly. ARF. ARF. <laughs> it's an ARF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shouldn't even be talking about this. We should just do that. Oh my god, the, dude! Please do it. You think he would be pissed? Like I wouldn't be pissed because no. like you're listing it. We should list it for a million. Something ridiculous, like maybe nine hundred. No, he. No, not he. Dude, he he would laugh. He gets it. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I feel. I don't feel like. <sighs> um, so pretty much, I, like I don't think he he gets offended easily. No, it takes a lot to get offended. Him, him offended. Um, yeah, but he knows how to offend people. <laughs> get them going pretty good. Yes, he does. He's a professional. Speaking of, can we talk about getting people offended or or being? Oh, I'm gonna sneeze. Hold. Hey, <coughs> woo. Sorry. Um. Um. Can we talk about uh, getting people riled up this week? Our 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 chief meme officer, C CMO Dave Summerfield. David Summerfield. Dave Summerfield. Yeah. Doing his job, he's going to get a big bonus at the end of twenty two. That is true. He, he's 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 crushing it. So so two things I want to say. First of all, shout out to you, Sammy Mason, because I hear your words. 
I had two glasses of wine before recording this podcast just for you. Sammy was very upset. We got we we got a real life complaint. And it was that we are too sober mm-hmm. when recording these podcasts. And I hear your words. I felt terrible. I felt terrible. I know. I was like, you know what? We really dropped the ball. Like we, we let did, we let him down. What I did tonight is I went out, I just got back from dinner and um I I had some drinks and I I drove home drunk just to pay my dues back and take that <laughs> risk for him. In the snow. <laughs> In the snow backwards. Backwards um, up. I made it. I'm here. I don't want to say I survived. I, I thrived. I've thrived. You thrived. Um, you survived and thrived. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait to get him back on the podcast and let him talk about the game bird. Me too. So, w- yeah, I'm me too. By the way, not to be too cryptic, but I got a message from somebody else that I literally can't name that is going to look at a game bird that will be very, very interesting. Is Jim that's Bird buying game bird? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not that I know yeah. of, but yeah. Um, so we're I'm I'm ready to talk some shit. I've got enough. I've got enough uh, Northern California petite on me to to talk some smack. But I I I feel like this is a good topic. I, this is going to be a serious topic, but I feel like we can add some color to it and it'll be fun. Especially because we can divulge it into uh, the fan questions that we got uh, earlier today. But you as a student pilot, and I and I I I have not forgotten that you want to talk about IFR stuff. So we will do that. Um, as a student, okay, you have your, you have the student hat on and I get the luxury of being able to put a, an instructor hat on. So we have really good perspectives on what we would want to learn in as a student and what I would want to yeah. teach in as an instructor. Let's talk about Satabrias. Cause I, <sighs> I am, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the idea that a Satabria is not a good Airplane to learn tailwheel instruction in. So right, I want to ask you gear. I actually think, you know, that spring steel gear uh, is not super forgiving. I, I actually think it's a good airplane. Now, it doesn't have any bad habits. You know, I wouldn't say a Satabri has bad habits. It's a very honest tailwheel airplane. All tailwheel airplanes There's can so ground many. loop and, and bite you, but it's it's not a bad habit. So airplane. many better airplanes out there now. Well, I mean, for for a teaching tailwheel, yeah. Okay, I mean, let's I talk about it. Why I'm curious. Somebody, why would somebody like if you're learning tailwheel? I mean, forget cost, because um, what I'm going to say is it's going to negate all that stuff about being expensive. But why wouldn't you get a J3 cub and learn tailwheel in a J3 oh, cub? Like, don't get me wrong. Why I is think that not J3 just an automatic? A, why is that just not an automatic yeah. answer? I, right? Hey, I agree. I, I love the J3. I love flying the, the J3. I loved teaching in the J3. Um, I, I actually thought in better. a lot of ways. I don't think anything even comes close. It's the it's honestly the perfect tailwheel, tailwheel airplane to teach somebody tailwheel in. I'm not saying that the Satabri is the best airplane to teach tailwheel in. I'm just saying it's not a bad airplane to teach tailwheel in. Now, a J3, if you're going to ask me what the better airplane is to teach tailwheel in, a Satabria or a J3, it's a J3. I'm going J3. Well, you know what I like? You know what I like about the J3 is the person, um, whoever you're with, you know, teaching, you can let them get really deep into stuff and let, you know, not the airplane wouldn't get away from you, but like you could really let them, let them, let the airplane think, you know, get away from them a little bit. And, yeah. um, 
you know, still have control of it and let them learn because that's how you, I feel like that's how you, you got to let the student get in trouble a little bit. You have to learn his limits and, and, and what to do. Cause you're not always going to be there. Right. You have to, um, as an instructor, and, as an instructor, you're, you're, if you can let somebody, if you can push limits and this is a hard, it's a hard game, right? Cause you only know the limit if you reach it and don't go past it or if you go past it. Right. I mean, how else yeah. do you find the limit? To, to actually find how far you can take something, uh, you got to kind of push mm-hmm. it. But if you have the experience and have learned and can see what an airplane can do safely while while expanding on outside the limits a little bit um, of of what you would normally fly, what would normally be a good takeoff or landing or or normal flight envelope characteristics. Like if you can learn in that environment, that's the best way to learn. Uh, you know, yeah, totally. You only learn by making mistakes. Absolutely, see where the limit is, and be like, "Oh, I don't want to go there again." And a J three is great for that. I mean, it just doesn't do anything fast. Everything happens slow in a J three. Everything. Yeah, and like it teaches. Is that what you, you got be, your endorsement like, in? Yeah, and you know, you got to be coordinated with it, especially on a hot day yeah. with two up. I mean, it's oh. it really it's so easy to fly, hard to fly well, but like it's so true. It is really true, and. Um, it's a really good airplane to teach um, tailwheel management, meaning like, you know, tailwheel inertia, uh, like that wing is so big. It's a kite. That airplane's so light. Remember, you could you could get two people to pick that airplane up and move it wherever you want. And you could easily pick it up. It's crazy. You could pick the tail up with one finger. I, I remember used to picking up with my index finger and just moving it around. It's a very light There's airplane. A, and it's the, it's the I, only airplane I've had to teach um, 270 turns in because of wind. Every other airplane has been able to manage, you know, a turn. Um, but yeah. the J3 is the only one where I'm like, man, we got to make a right turn into the hangar alley here and it's windy. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to let this student do, try it. And it's just like, it just won't do it. You're, you know, you're <laughs> 1700, 1800 RPM trying to, trying to get the airplane to turn right. It's like, Hey, try this. Let's make a left 270 oh and bet you a little work. And it's like, works love beautifully. It. Yeah. I, so I like love the a, J3. A good J3 is what like 35,000 for a good one. Um, well now, one now with, right with now airplane it's prices is it, it's probably 75 at least, but like you whack that up <laughs> and like, you got a nice little airplane, get an antique They're great airplanes, you They're know, great going airplanes. to grass fields. Oh my God. And I got to tell so you, what like, was like, um, you in the North, in the, in the East, probably a, you're probably a little South, but like, Having a J3, can you imagine having a J3 when the leaves change in like the Northeast, like Boston, Connecticut? It's listen, we get leaves kick, changing. Kick the there. door open. I guess you do. That's true. I'll, I guess, yeah. I'll no, send you that, some pictures. Yeah. And it's cold foliage. It'll, it's fucking cold foliage, foliage, you motherfucker. You and your sandal foliage. flops. <laughs> fucking foliage. <laughs> but yeah, I, dude, there was nothing better than kicking the door open with shorts and flip flops and flying over wine country. In the J3. It's there's nothing better. Man, I might I might buy a fucking J3 now. Dude, you get five I people. Tell you, I joined a I joined a flying club, by the way. We'll talk about Did that you later. Really? You're such yeah. a homo. Um I know. I wanna <laughs> dude, I want to buy a J3 now. I agree. You is that five, the so five you people, say, five grand, done. Or six grand, whatever. Is that the so best? Is that the best? Is that the it, is that the top? Is that number one tailwheel endorsement? I really I don't think I really for teaching tailwheel fundamentals, foundation, and making a pilot. I don't know what airplane you would start with before a J three. I really don't. Yeah, if you had your, if you had to pick, if you got to pick, yeah. 
Like I for my son, I agree. If my son wants to get into aviation, it's it's not even the first thing is going to be a J three. Not no, you know, Cessna, Piper, whatever. It's all it's going to be a lot of J three. Yeah, that's it. You know, I love and, it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting though because like when you get you know I kind of started flying with tailwheel um, before going into nose wheel airplanes. So, um, you know whether it was, you know. What I was going to get out before was with uh, wheel land. I was teaching somebody how to do a wheel landing and it's so unnatural. I forget how unnatural it is for people because, you know, I guess when you're brought up flying 152s or Pipers or whatever, you know, you cut the power, you flare and, and you land. So it's so unnatural for them to uh, give positive stick pressure and when they're landing. Yeah. And I remember that being like, just like, like, what's the big deal in my head? And then to them, they're like, you don't understand. This is like, goes against everything I learned. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And then once you once you get it, you don't think about it. But that initial I I, I mean, it's it's one of the hardest things for people to grasp. It's the hardest yeah. thing that, that I've tried to explain the hardest element I've ever taught. Yeah. This doesn't work. Yeah. And like I a couple of the people, brilliant dudes. Um, and I try to explain it to them. And, you know, with aerodynamics, like if you have you have to be, you know, below critical uh, you know, negative angle of attack and the, and the plane won't come off the ground unless you fucking smack it on like a, like an idiot. But if you have a little bit of positive angle of attack, you know, it's just going to keep hopping, <laughs> hopping down the runway. You're just going to be bucking a bowl the whole time. And like, they're like, I yeah. know what you're saying, but I can't do it. <laughs> so I thought it was, fun. yeah, I miss, I miss giving some little checkout thingies, illegal checkies. I like, I like Everything the J three cool. a lot. I miss it, but I, so I maintain J three stop of the list. That- yeah, J three is top of the list, but I think I think the Satabria. If you're if you're looking at an honest airplane to teach tailwheeling, it's an honest airplane. It's not you're not going to learn bad habits. But then again, like you know, I I look at it like kind of like the private pilot, right? Like you get a single engine land rating in a one fifty two, you have the full fleet of every single engine land airplane ever made at your disposal. Yeah, technically crazy. And would you go? Would you go fly some? You know crazy thing without at least getting some like an hour in it, you know, one flight yeah. of a checkout. No. So if you get a Satabria table endorsement, like, and you, you're going to go buy a cub, I mean, insurance dictates most of this anyway, but you're probably going to need at least five hours making model, probably 10 and you'll get a checkout and it'll, it'll, it'll go accordingly. But I don't think, I think a Satabria is a good table endorsement airplane. I really do. I think it's um just it's just not a bad habit airplane. But I what I don't think is a good endorsement airplane are high performance aerobatic airplanes. Like I think a Pitts is a you know, terrible table endorsement airplane. You know what airplane I really don't like, and I I have a ton of time in them. Um, are the Huskies? I never liked the Huskies. I don't know if anybody I've only flown is a Husky fan. Yeah. I, tell tell me why? Because I I I have I have like an hour in them, and I I didn't I just thought they were a bigger Super Cub, like in. I don't, I don't know if that's even like a good or a bad thing, but it's just the way it's set um, up. Like the, the, the way that this on the A1As and the Bs, uh, it's got a bungee system for the elevator yeah. and it's got a ton of, it's just a weird harmony with the stick and it's got a ton of, ton of pressure on the stick with the elevator and the flaps are manual. And I mean, that's not a big deal to be honest. You just gotta be going slow enough to put them down. But if like, if you missed the butt, if you missed a click for putting them up, it will like skip a couple and then, <laughs> you know, be a little, um, I wouldn't say surprised, but it's just pain in the ass. Um, I don't know. I just, and then the way the, the, the gear is a little bit, I don't know. I just, I never really fell in love with it. 
Um, um, but you know, um, some people like them. Um, that's fair. I just, I'm trying to think, I think that if like, we'll take, we'll use uh what's your kid's name? Uh, Ellie and Matilda. So we'll take, uh, which, which one's your favorite? No, <laughs> <laughs> I love them both, um, but, uh, Ellie, Ellie's the favorite. <laughs> so Ellie, so Ellie just graduated from a J3 cub. I think if I was going to put her in something, the next level, uh, right. I mean, without really thinking about it too much, I think, um, it'd be a glass air sportsman. I really love that airplane. I have an hour in it and I love it. Just think about it. One. It's still, it's tailwheel. It's got all the avionics, yeah. um, side by side. So it's good for instructing, you know, have an instructor next to you. Do they have pretty good uh, tailwheel habits? Like, are they, are they pretty well behaved? Uh, I think it is the easiest tailwheel plane I've flown in my life. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, easier than an extra? Fast, way easier. It's easier. What's the second easiest plane I've flown? Um, the Cathalon's pretty easy. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's, uh, it's just got such a wide gear and a, and, a, and it's just, it's it tracks nice. I don't know. It's I was so impressed with this airplane. It does 150 miles an hour or knots somewhere around there. Uh, four cylinders. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I think I would I would stick uh, Ellie in that airplane next. What would be your in the next uh, step of fundamental after a J3? Will bullshit. Yeah. In in term yeah in terms of like you get your tail endorsement and you want to get something that's like a good match for a like a new pilot kind of thing or. Yeah, and what's my criteria? Tailwheel. So you yeah. want to, so you want to make like a a good pilot, right? So, so before getting into IFR and and yeah, you know, becoming really good that way. But just in terms of of uh, being able to fly coordinated and and feel and fun and you know being able to land in grass fields and short field and and this and that that kind of thing. I've got it, and I'll and I'll, I'll I'm going to say why I pick it before I even say what what it is a lot of tailwheel airplanes single engine tailwheel airplanes are two place and and small right and so getting into bigger tailwheel airplanes could be maybe you know there's more inertia usually more weight and you want one that's going to have good habits while teaching you how to manage a heavier airplane i'm going with the 180 Whew. you are you're a savant they're good airplanes. They are, they're good tailwheel airplanes. Um, there's, you know, it's Cessna safe. I, I don't, you know, the 195, I, I only have a couple hours in the Cessna 195 and it, and it's a, it was one with the Goodyear crosswind gear. And that was a scary airplane. That, that airplane What's would with the gear? reach up and bite you. I, I don't yeah, like it's it. It's like once that tail, I hated it. once the tail gets going a certain way, you, you gotta like, use a little bit of, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a interesting airplane. I, I was never a fan in a landing to one ninety five, yeah. but um, I love. It's a the, beautiful airplane, and I wish I liked flying it more. Gorgeous. I just don't yeah. find it. I, I don't find it a very pleasurable airplane to fly. Whereas like a one eighty or a one eighty five, man, t- tons of we power. Gotta find I, they're great airplanes. I, I think they're good airplanes, and I think I think you know it's an airplane like it, it's a challenging airplane to fly well. To, to do yeah. well in, in the tailwheel environment. 
but it's not, you know, again, it's not going to yeah. reach up and bite you in the ass. I'm going to find you it. a uh, glass or sportsman to fly. California. I'd love to fly one. If anybody's listening. Love to fly one. Hit us up. Yeah. Reach out. Trade you an extra time. An hour in the extra. Yeah. I was thinking about like, you know, getting a couple of friends and maybe buying like an F33 Bonanza. Cause I got to get, I don't have my IFR rating, so I want to get my IFR, but I want to get it and, and be able to and practice and, and get good at it. Um, so I didn't want to get it until I can, you know, have an airplane to, to use cause what's yeah. the point, right? Um, yeah. but I F-33 think I might just airplane. go glass air sportsman, but why not go glass air sportsman? So it does like you 20 could. knots less or 25 knots yeah. less, you know? Yeah. Um, but st- you know, you still got to take it on like half the gas, get, half the gas. Um, it's, uh, it's a tough decision. It just depends on kind of what you want to do. Like, you know, that's why I ended up joining this flying club that had uh, has a 172 and a 182. And they're, they're you know, they're kind of older airplanes. Nothing to, like, write home about. But it's, you know, the price is right. Super cheap per month. The airplanes are so cheap to fly. And I'm like, I just kind of want. That's awesome. be nice to have something to, you know, put put around with the family. Like, that's what I kind of really want right now. That's kind of. So we're going to um, uh, we're going skiing in a couple weeks. And um, we're going up in Vermont and it's a four hour drive or like a 50 minute plane ride. Yeah. So that's That'd be great for a bonanza, right? Just land and go to, uh, was it BTV or something? Like Burlington uh, or well, where would you go? Well, we're going to, I don't know where we're, we're going to Okemo, but I don't know what airports uh, next mm. to it, but I got to dig up. I haven't snowboarded in like four or five years. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you might I, kill yourself. I'm probably going to come back uh, boo-booed up. But I can't even. So my snowboard is at my aunt had a condo in um, Vernon Valley. It was the old name of the resort. I forget what they called it. I think it's Mountain Creek now in Jersey. So it's been there. But, you know, it's probably rusted. And I don't know. I feel bad even asking if it's still there because it's been, you know, when it's like so long, it's like you just it's gone. So, um, what's a new snow- snowboard go- cost? Like, what's a setup cost? So, if you went to like a, a snow shop or whatever, uh, ski and snowboard shop, you're probably going to spend figure four, three fifty, four hundred for a board. That's a decent board. Okay. And then binding, yeah. shoes, helmet. You're probably going to be in for like twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I went on Facebook Market- Marketplace, which I'm a fan of. That's where the FCS vehicles coming from, by the way. I love Facebook Marketplace, dude. I just received. That's why I was a little uh, preoccupied pre-show because uh, the title just came. He just found the title, which was at a friend's house. Oh. Was he and like? Friend it, was is dealing, it rolled up because he was doing lines of coke with it? Like just it looks like it. With the yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> so it's just a whole clusterfuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been seeing a like I can get a forum snowboard. Um, bindings boots for like 500 bucks used so i might do that because oh, the rent yeah. is going to cost me like 220 250 yep so why not just have it and then whatever that's the thing about Maybe gear like that is like you can just buy last year's shit from somebody that wants something new every year and it's it's still yeah. great plenty of life left in it so what i don't understand with facebook like what happened with the satabri thing so dave our meme master posted something about yep. a Satabri not being a good tailwheel plane and just people like just fucking took it out a little bit. That's, that's about the, that's about the, uh, the size of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hmm. Um, Interesting. To which I, I, I disagree. I actually, th- I think it's a good airplane. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm not saying it's the best, I, but I do think it's a good airplane to teach Terry Willow. I think, I think. I don't think it, if, yeah, I don't think if you, if you went to a flight school that had one, it wouldn't turn me away. I don't think it should turn anybody away, but there are better airplanes. There are better airplanes. I don't think a Pitts is a better airplane to teach Terry Willow. Definitely not. Um, I think if you're looking at, not. you know. I guess it depends on what position you're coming from. Like I've, I've taught tailwheel in extras and I, 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 the last time I did it, I swore I would never do it again. And I haven't done it since. Um, I, I think it's an awful airplane to teach somebody how to fly a tailwheel, um, airplane in one, uh, because the extra, the, the composite gear, is just like, it's just not, it's not an airplane to learn tailwheel in, um, the pits. I, I, th- I, I think the same thing, like it, you, you can't, error a pits like you can a Satavia. you know that you know the bottom wing on a b and a c and b and c is like what 19 inches from, yeah, it's from the ground it's close so like and you know the aileron tips on the c being you know being squared off are even closer potentially you know if you're making everything aileron happens fast everything happens, happens fast, so like really the, fast 100 miles you know, an hour over the fence in a freaking pits it's it's yeah it's yeah. not i don't think it's conducive to learning that's not to say that Many a people have not gotten their endorsement in a pits. You know, so many people have bought pits and and gotten their endorsement. In fact, we had a couple of people get their private pilot's licenses in pits at the school I taught at, which is insane to me. But um, I, I think I think the Satabri, like if you're looking at like from a business standpoint, if you're looking at teaching endorsements, it's an airplane that you can get your endorsement um not necessarily saying like an aircraft checkout to rent, but like an actual endorsement, checking the boxes off and making sure somebody's safe five hours, you know, um, maybe less. I used to tell people to plan, you know, that, that they wanted to check. They want to check out and an endorsement to plan for 10 hours in the airplane just so you can get comfortable so I can see everything. You know, you got to see uh, takeoff and landings. You got to see three point wheel landings and crosswind landings. Um, and then all the other stuff that's associated with an aircraft checkout. But, you know, that's an airplane that can uh, a checkout can be had in a reasonable amount of time. So you, you have that you can offer that attractive price to the student. The student sees something that doesn't require 20 hours to get an endorsement in. Um, and it's, you know, pretty it's a relatively cheap airplane to to buy. And it's a useful airplane. You can do a lot of things in it. Whereas a Cub has a little bit less utility just because of how slow it is. Um, yeah, I've, I've tried to fly back to the airport in the cub and gone backwards and had to go back to the airport I was coming from, top it <laughs> off and try it again. Like, you know, awesome. I think most people that have flown a cub have, has had, you know, Cubbin. a flight that should take 20 minutes. Yeah, just cubbing, baby. Um, we got to get to these I, questions because I'm I'm looking at these questions and they're great. They're really Dude, I'm very impressed with our audience. Can I like, can I <laughs> can I just say something real quick? Thank you guys so much for for. The questions. Um, I put this out originally. Uh, Jeff and I were talking about maybe recording around uh, three ish my time, and I think I posted this around one o'clock. It was like twelve forty five, one o'clock, and and boy, did you guys deliver some freaking kick ass questions. Basically, doing our show for us. It's awesome. No, I love it. All right, let's get. And this is the fun. This is the fun stuff because I love it when people ask and they 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 interact, and I, I'm 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 really happy with it. So um, are we going to start it off? So you and I are on the same page. Uh, I'm on the fly cool shit. Facebook. Yep. I only posted it one there. place this time. That way we don't have to on go fly- to nine places. 
you i didn't even realize that you're god genius yeah genius, we got 38 genius, questions genius. is it that many fuck yeah 38 right, awesome. freaking questions let's just go from <laughs> top to bottom top to bottom just like in bed all right you want to be a bottom or you want to be a top both let's start the timer yes yes <laughs> um you want to go first uh sure jeremy wicker our friend from northeast florida He's got a beautiful pits painted in the right color green. Um, he asks, do you think as folks become more familiar with working composites, home build aircraft can become competitive again at an advanced or unlimited level? Ooh, you want to feel that one? You got more pits time. Um, you know, here's the interesting thing is I think that wolf pits that Sammy flew and a few, a few people have had the pleasure of flying is a it seems to me an extremely capable airplane. Um Rob really enlightened me or or at least it's just something it's 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 obvious to to most I'm sure but uh it just it had not occurred to me about how at the advanced and unlimited level you you're not worried about necessarily uh, you, you know the national eye meaning nationals here obviously but just just competing in the united states Re, in theory if you want something to, to be a top level competitor you're, you're looking at the advanced or limited teams that means taking the airplane across the pond and having that airplane show in front of judges and i think that's a huge huge shot in the foot i, I think you're you're screwed before you even show up in an airplane like that, it's going to be the talk of the show, right? I mean, like when Aaron brought the Panzel over, it was like, what the hell is this thing? You know, that's yeah, a Panzel, you know, I think, I think bringing a pits, even one that's built very, uh, to very capable standards, both in advanced and unlimited, I think is, is going to be, you're going to have a hard time, but I, I do. I think that there is a biplane of pits nature that can be competitive in advanced and unlimited. I think the simple answer is yes. Um, I think the hard answer is it's going to depend to depend on where you are competing and what is the accolade in which you are judging the airplane's capabilities. Meaning uh, here in the U.S. it's going to be easier to judge. Everybody knows a pits. Um, I think across uh, and overseas, I think that's a harder venture. You know, there's just never been. There's never been experimental biplanes in a lot of these countries, if at all. But if there is, not in the numbers that there are here. Um, yeah. But I think it's possible. That's a long answer, but I think it's possible. I do too. I think um, I think the biggest issue with the pits negatively is the size. It's a small airplane, so you got to fly small. it low for the judges to see you. Mm -hmm. um, low and close, right? I think. I think besides a wolf pits and. Take this with a grain of salt because I don't really I don't really have the experience with pitses, but from what I can tell, outside of a wolf pits, I think like an S one eleven B, unless it was really lightened up and had something was pumping out a lot of horsepower, um, it's going to be really hard to to fly low and in front of the judges and unlimited. I think advanced, it's no issue, definitely not. Yeah, but as far as an unlimited, um, you'd, you'd every bit of wolf mods and like, but even like that S one S that Sammy flew, that red one that was like a wolf, whatever they called it. Um, yeah. you know, it could definitely, it seems like it could fly through the unlimited, but it's like, 
getting through it and then scoring really well are two different things. Um, Absolutely. So I, I wonder yeah, like how unlimited capable. Yeah, like unlimited capable is like, can it get through unlimited? I mean, most pits can get through an unlimited. Um, I mean, look at Mike. Mike Lentz flew at the Cathalon in advance. Like, there's no way yeah. he's going to win advanced, you know, if some decent no. guys show up. No, it doesn't and, matter and if you're to drag, if you're to dragon, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And also, I would say that, like, you know, he did that once. Um, I, I do. I, I do understand Jim Burke's uh, concerns on that when you look at like, OK, that was done once as, you know, kind of an exhibition ex- exhibition. But. If you took somebody that had just an 8K cab, regular Super D, to practice advanced, get critiqued and coached flying advanced, and then to compete multiple times a year in advanced, that is a tremendous strain on that airplane. That airplane will not last the season. You're ripping fuel tanks. You're doing you're doing something to that airplane. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't um, get into that airplane all day long. Honest, yeah. No, I'm, we can we can pretend all day long that that the Super D is is more than capable for advanced maneuvers, but like it can, again, it can go through the maneuvers. Um, it's pushing its limits, but if you were to actually compete in that airplane to, to actually go after something, whether it's like, you know, a regional, um, title or even like compete it on the national level, there's no way that airplane's holding up to the abuse. There's just no way. Would you say that a Pitts S 11 B has the same performance as an extra 300 S mm. is that a good question? I've never flown the S one eleven B. I would say there's, here's the problem with all pits. Um, but the S one eleven B is, is in a similar camp. Cause I think if I remember correctly, it's a two sixty horsepower IO five forty, just like the S two C maybe it's yeah. 300. Maybe you can do 300. Um, I could be wrong on that. People, people that know more are like screaming into their freaking headphones right now but um <laughs> yeah um there's a couple on the field locally um and one guy that i i have the pleasure of it's one of my bucket list airplanes if i ever come out and visit dude, this you, guy to to oh, dude, dude this guy's this guy's s111b is is it the yellow one it's yellow and blue oh, it that's is the one that was for sale so gorgeous it's so fucking gorgeous and and it's built so well. I can't remember if he's got a 300 horsepower engine in it. What I would say is I I don't I, I think for every pits of equivalent horsepower to an extra, you have a, a higher drag coefficient. There's no way of getting around those two wings. The, the, mm-hmm. I, I just I the the wires, yeah, the, you know the eye struts uh, on the S111B. You know they're, they're depending on the you know they basically all have the same guide wire setup, right? I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not until you get to like an ultimate. Yeah. Call me biased. But if I saw like my, my favorite, one of my favorite airplanes is, uh, Robert Armstrong. Um, he had a Pitts S111B that was white, green, orange, and had black uh, invasion stripes on the bottom is gorgeous. Oh, cool. Um, but if I saw a Pitts S111B diving into the box, as opposed to like an extra, um, I'd be more excited. I mean, yeah. I'd be more excited for the pits. I really would. It's just Dude, such to a see, sexy to see an S one eleven B rip it in the box is so it's so much more exciting than what we have now. Just because it's it's a variety for sure. I, yeah. I think yeah. I I don't know that the performance is there. I the the vertical like is the vertical on any pits. I mean, 
when I say pits, I say anything that even resembles a pits, like Skip Stewart's uh, Prometheus, um, Sean Tucker's Challenger Three. Um, you know, maybe Sean Tucker's airplane, right, has the performance of of an Edge or a, a 330 LX or a 330 SC in the vertical. But you're talking a 450 horsepower Lycon engine that he has like for a year, you know, to stuff in that thing um, at firewall power settings all the time versus, you know, a 330 yeah. SC, you know, at 25 squared. I, I really don't know. But I just I, I just don't know that they have that 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 penetration that a, a high performance oomph, monoplane does. That oomph, oof, some of that oof. How about uh, you know? how about Skip's Skip Stewart calling out Eddie Sourman? Holy! Oh shit. my God! Can we finish with that? I, we got to talk about that. Yeah, because that right, that yeah, was a, a that was a bombshell. That was a bombshell. We got to talk about that whole situation. I tell you, because it, it the it next bears question talking about it. it's interesting. Yeah, um, the next question yeah, the, short and sweet. This was my favorite. I think this was my favorite question of the bunch because I'm really Me curious. Too, right? Um, and it's I don't. I don't. I don't have much to add to it. Um, I'm. I'm gonna lean on you to see if if you have anything. But uh, Alexander Coates, shout out, dude. Um, unwritten IAC rules. All right. So there are some unwritten I would say, IAC rules. Let's see here. Um, Regional level, I really don't think you should protest. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm against the protest unless it's like somebody got their arm chopped off or it's something egregious. Um, and even yeah. then, you just like pull the person aside or or get the CD and be like, "Hey, this guy might kill himself." Um, so that's just me. Um, what else? Unwritten rules. Um, don't be a dick. Um, you feel like that one's followed for the most part, 90%. And then you get the beat the couple goofballs that just take it to the next level. Um, like, you know, like there's, that's why that new rule was proposed. Um, I don't know if you noticed where, if you show up to a contest late, um, you could still fly or maybe so. I don't know if it got approved or whatever, but like, you know, people have real jobs and, um, yeah. they're not just making millions off podcasts like us. And, Sometimes they can't get to not a contest every, on Not everybody can be like us. Yeah. So like, you know, if you have to work Friday, you got to work Friday, you get to the contest late, um, maybe yeah. even on Saturday. So like that shouldn't stop people from, you know, it's just going to hurt the sport. So you have some people that are against allowing people to fly that aren't there on a Friday, which is kind of screwed up. I don't know if I would necessarily complain or, or say something about that, but there is a rule that, that states it. Um, yeah. So I think stuff like that, just like, just be cool, be chill and, um, carry on at nationals, you know, like this is the thing, like people, like a lot of people treat nationals like a regional contest and that's cool, man. You know, like you want to get together with your buddies and, and I'm all for that, but nationals is nationals. Um, and you have a fair amount of people that are going to this, um, uh, and treating it like what it is and not a regional. And, um, you know, so I think rules are just a lot more pressing at, at a nationals than it is a regional. So um, I wouldn't say there's too many unwritten IAC rules at nationals because you should not that you shouldn't have your game face on a regional, but it's just like, it's a different, it's a totally different mindset there. I think. Um, Can I ask you something? But I think unwritten IAC rules is just don't be a dick. Okay. Okay. I like it. 
Um, can I, can I ask, can I ask something candid? Oh yeah, totally. So does the stuff, the kind of stuff that happened at nationals, does that happen at worlds? So it's kind of screwed up. Um, it feels like it does. Um, and I think a lot of our heavy hitter listeners are, are shaking their heads right now, but I'm just going to, and this is, I'm just going to say it how it is. I, Aaron yeah. was in Romania. He was flying his fourth flight. And prior to his fourth flight, there was a Russian who was flying and he was flying a Sukhoi 31. It wasn't a uh, 31M. It was a 31M something. Um, but let's just call it 31M with the ejection seat. Um, he was flying. I was actually in the judge's line. Um, and all of a sudden he like, he just stopped flying a sequence and then wagged out and landed, landed, stayed in the plane, which is the protocol. And then, you know, people, I guess the jury or, or whatever people went up to the airplane and make a long story short, he forgot to pull the ejector. There's like a safety pin for the ejection seat and it's got a lead weight on it. So that was not removed. So during his flight, when he first went inverted or whatever, you know, it kind of popped out and it was distracting him. So he, Apparently he tried to like put it in his mouth and hold on to it with his teeth. Like fucking Russians. Like, let me just grind down Savage. on this hunk of metal. <laughs> let me just swallow um, it. I'll swallow and shit it out later. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so Mamistov was like flipping out at the jury because the jury, you know, it's a pre-flight item. So I don't think the Russian pilot pre-flighted. They have like mechanics that do it. So the mechanic forgot to remove it. And this guy was, was doing really well in the competition. Um, and anyway, so that happened. And one of the jury members was, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Chris Rudd was on a jury along with okay. um, a German lady, an old German lady that has been in the sport for a long time. And I think, um, I don't know if Elena Klemovich was on it. I forget. But anyway, but there was an American on a jury and, and basically the consensus was it's a pre-flight item and, you know, it wasn't removed and, you know, Sorry, your your flight zeroed. So fast forward, Aaron's flying his fourth flight, and I'm standing there with Dunphy, and we're watching it. And you know, you're you're just you just want a clean flight, you know, nothing special, no zeros. And there was one part of his flight where um, it was a spin, and and to me, because Aaron was doing really well, he had won he'd won one of the flights. You know, he's he's having a sick contest. So all he had to do was just fly clean, and um, you know. He he could have podium, you know, overall, which is great. And um, you know, he was flying, and if anything, I saw something with his spin, a little, a little forced, you know. So I'm like, oh, if they want to be dicks, they might zero that spin. But like, I doubt it wasn't even. It didn't seem that bad, but it, you know, whatever. So it turns out that they zero, <laughs> so they zeroed a figure on him. It was like an eight point or four of eight or something like that on the top of a loop or some bullshit, and the French. And the Russian judge just zeroed it. And to me, you know, it just seemed like it felt like payback for yeah for what happened with the Russian guy. And, yeah. you know, I watched the flight and and I think Aaron tried to like uh, fight it. He had video and this and that. And um, I didn't. They said that he missed one of the points or it didn't stop. But like, you know, something like that, I feel like would have would have popped out at Dunphy and I. You know, and Dunphy's a national judge, and you know, I, 
I feel like I've seen a, a decent amount of aerobatics to pick up on something like that. And like, it wasn't even a question that that happened. Um, but sure as shit, um, he got zeroed. So, you know, to answer your question, it seems like, what was your question again? <laughs> it was something to do with like politics, right? <laughs> just that it happened, just stuff that, like that happened at nationals this year. That obviously it's so riddled in drama and I'm not saying, uh, one way or another on, uh, what I agree with, or uh, I don't want to get into all that again, but just, you know, yeah. that. The, the the unwritten rule stuff and then following the rule stuff. I'm just curious if, if like other countries are how they operate. And the only way to really fully gauge that is would be worlds because that's the only time all these other countries are coming together and culminating yeah. um, into one area. I mean, there's just a lot of like, I, I think there's certain, there's certain aspects like with this whole thing with AJ and, and the, the jury and this and that, you know, the jury on one hand really doesn't, you know, if they follow the rule book, um, there's really no, from what I understand what was being said, there was no leeway, leeway for them to, to work within the, uh, the rule book to give anything less than, you know, a, um, disqual a DQ on a flight, um, from what I understand. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, unfortunately you got to wait for some of these bullshit things to happen to, to redo the rule book a little bit. So there's, I think there's a lot of little underwater hurricanes with the rule book that can really fuck up a pilot. And I think that. You know, uh, it sucks that it got so crazy and, and out of hand, but you know, yeah. when you sit back and have a, have a beer over it, it's like, dude, like AJ, AJ flew a sequence in front of the judges. You know, he, they scored every figure he fucked up and exited the pattern wrong. Is that really the, the uh, it should like, is that really worth you know, not worth it. Are we really going to zero his flight? Had nothing, you know, to me. I know. It's just like, come on, like I get what the rule book says, but I think we can all agree that like it had nothing to do with him flying the sequence. And like, if we really want to follow the rule book, then everybody's going to get fucking disqualified. And like, you're going to have a contest that nobody's want to go to because you're going to have fucking Poindexter fucking yeah. walking around with the rule book and picking shit apart. You know, and the I crazy agree. part, the crazy part about nationals is that you had somebody show, <laughs> I feel bad, but we're like calling this kid out. He's probably a super nice guy, but like you had some guy show up with a fucked up canopy with like a, a 12 inch or a two foot long crack that wanted to fly. And like, that's not even being spoken about. Like <laughs> we're talking about AJ, like busting a pattern or, or bullshit with pattern. And, and isn't and that, and this guy's like, can I, why can't I fly with this canopy? It's like fucking Frankenstein together, literally with, with yarn and, and wash. <laughs> Holy shit. That canopy thing, dude, might be, you know, we did, did we do a, I don't know that we did a best of 2021. Maybe we should have episode. Yeah. Um, I guess that might've been uh, one of my top five, just the craziest things I've seen was that canopy. How about the balls to fly like a sequence? Like, would you honestly, man, would you hop in the back of that airplane and fly through whatever intermediate or any, anything of an IAC sequence? Like with that right above dude, your head? I would never. If I got, a, like, if I got this guy, if I got the call to ferry that airplane somewhere, I would be heavily hesitant to ferry it somewhere, let alone fly a sequence in it. I, I mean, I'd be like, I, "Hey, I've got my helmet. You know, if it shatters, like whatever." But and I and I I understand that it's an approved repair, um, per like you know the AMP, you know, guidelines, um. But dude, Fuck there, the, like the balls on this no. kid, man, like bravo, man. I would not I'm want not to go loading to a bar with up him that freaking airplane. 
No. He would probably pick a fight with the biggest motherfucker in the bar and and just <laughs> and then you and I would get our asses kicked because of it. And somehow he would like scapegoat out of it. Yeah. Drag us into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's good. All right. What do we got next? Next question. Mark Del Monte. Cool name. Very cool name. Yeah, shout out mustache. to Mark. We've been talking back and forth a little bit. Cool guy. Have you guys ever have you guys met in person? Um, that's a two-parter. So technically we did because I dream of Mark every night. So we have met in person. Uh, but physically <laughs> in in on the in reality, not yet. <laughs> in in the physical sense, no. Oh man. Where it's do you gonna picture be, us it's gonna be fun when we do that. Well, where are we going to meet? Like, how do I think Oshkosh? Where? Dude, if it's not Oshkosh, what what happens first? Oshkosh or Nationals this year? I guess it is Uh, is Nationals. Nationals. Well, I'm going, but. Yeah, don't we we have to go and and provide freaking color commentary? Yes. Well, Nationals is in September. So Oshkosh is before, obviously. Oh, Oshkosh is going to be before that. I thought, well, for some reason, I thought it was in like June. Dude, can we like talk to the Oshkosh organizers and then maybe like we can I'll get in one of those those stupid VW bugs and you'll get in the other one. And then during like the main show, the announcer will be like, all right, that's a special <laughs> presentation. You're going to witness <laughs> the bonding of two of aerobatic <laughs> greatest podcast hosts in the world. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! And that then Rob so Holland, Rob Bobby Holly, and the Don would be there. Like, um, what do you call that when when somebody like is a, a reverend and they're doing something? There's not the ceremony, but like they're officiating. Yeah, the the Don and Bobby Holly are officiating it. <laughs> Dude, if we could pull this off, Chappie's I'm so, fluff- I'm so game. Chappie's <laughs> fluffing our dresses. <laughs> I'm so game. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, let's finish let's finish with Oshkosh and the Don and Bobby Holly officiating our our meetup. So yeah, so before all that, who would do the bachelor party? I'm gonna just speak first. Okay, was, okay. Uh, Sammy Mason. I would there's no other, oh my there's God. no question. I don't want anybody but there's, Sammy doing my bachelor party. There's a 37% chance somebody dies. Easily. <laughs> I Sam, love the idea. Sam, I love it. Sammy, Sammy's going to do the bachelor party, and AJ's going to fund it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! How great yeah, would that be? I like it. I like right, it. Cool. Anyway, That'd be fun. Move on. Yeah. That'd be fun. I love it. Um. All right. Let's get um. Let's let's get a little uh. Let's get a little national here on this one. Okay. Um. Jesse Mack. Why are you against having more than one Canadian on your podcast? Ooh, that's an easy yeah, one. You want to start with that one? Okay. I will get right into that. Um, first of all, I would like to say that you guys are already taking enough from the IAC because now you're allowed to get, I think they're allowed to get flight medals or trophies. That was the rule that Bullshit. got pissed. Complete Garbage. shit. Cause it's not like yeah. I could show up to Canadian. Not that I would freaking want to go into zero degree climate. Um, no, but um, that free healthcare and the Keystone Pipeline. <laughs> What's your answer? 
honestly, I, guys, I'm really sorry. I, I'm sorry to Canada, the nation of Canada. Um, we just can't understand you. Nobody yeah. understood, like nobody understands Canadians. They haven't even nobody understood even, Luke, dude. Nobody, nobody. Right? Nobody knew he was a rock star before aerobatics. It's bullshit. Dude, no, I got so many messages. They're like, listen, we appreciate it. Like, we don't, Google Translate won't tell us what Luke is saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just I'm, pretend right. like I know what he's saying, but he, and he's too nice to yeah. correct me. That's what it is. He'll say something. And then if, it, if at the end it sounds like a question, I'm like, well, you know, it all depends. And that, that yeah. covers the bases. And then if he says something that's like not a question, I'm like, yeah, dude, I get it. Yeah. 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 I, go, I have no idea what he's saying. No idea. My go-to is like, I'll be like, ah, oh, crazy, man. Ugh, yeah, that's it. a good one. <laughs> Shit, man, that sucks. That's wild. That sucks. Hey, that's wild. <laughs> oh, you man, don't say, no huh? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I've been there. We've all been there. Am I right? But like, I don't yeah. know. Like, one's enough, right? Maybe for two years. I was going to say a year, but like annually, it might have to be biannually. You know, biannually. Okay. All right. I, yeah. Uh, All right. We yeah. should. I mean, you know, uh, maybe you know what I hate maybe this about year, Canada. Huh? Huh? Oh, I fucking yeah, hate that, to me. dude. I fucking hate how every Canadian pilot is fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> it's how why the Canadians don't have an aerobatic team to compete at Worlds is. I just I, I understand unlimited, but like. Why there's no advanced Canadian aerobatic team? I just, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm very there's thankful. Certainly, <laughs> but there's certainly, but they would. There's ass. enough to field. There's enough to Dude, field a team. I'll tell you who would be on it. And no disrespect to people that I forget or just don't know, but just the people I know I've seen fly. Um, Luke Penner, Andy Irwin, yep. Um, oh, okay. Jesse Mac, Jesse Max, up and coming. Um, yep. Oh gosh, why am I? How forgetting? about Mark Cunningham? Mark Cunningham, um, Christian Baxter, Christian Baxter, Jersey Strikes, um, GTO2. Uh, what the hell is his name? I met him. He flies a, a Giles. He's really good. Oh, like really um, good. You know who I'm talking about? Oh my god, I'm blanking. Yeah, dude, I love his videos. Um, yeah, shit. but it would be a sick team. Sick. I will say though, me. um. Andy Irwin, I would love to see him compete against uh, uh, Samuel in Pitts's. Be a tight, that'd be tight, fun. Tight battle. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that'd be fun. Um, where are we at here? Let's let's pick some let's pick some hitters. Let's because we're let's see here, we're an hour, a little over an hour. Okay, we don't have to go too much longer. What are, why am I, I feel like I'm on a new, uh, cause I refreshed the, uh, Facebook thing. Let's see here. Um, I got a really good one. If you, if you don't have it pulled up, no, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. Um, we've talked about this before a little bit, uh, but this is a really good topic. How often do aerobatic pilots actually ground practice or walk through their emergency egress plans? Ooh, I love that question. Jonathan Carver. Shout out to you, dude. That's a really good question. Um, I always plan to try it during my annual when the canopy's off and shit and put like a mattress on the floor, but I never do. So I'm going to try to remember to do that next time. Um, but 
as far as in the cockpit, I've practiced a couple of times just getting the straps off really quickly and unplugging the helmet and having like some type of procedure where I do this first, this first, this first, or this first, this second, this third. Um, but I'd never physically jumped out of the airplane onto like a mattress on the floor. Have you? No, no. Um, I, I don't want to. So I, I, I practice a couple of different ways. I've never actually practiced jumping out of the airplane, but I ha- I do uh, do drills on the ground, especially when I'm teaching dual. I teach egress um, procedures. And when I'm giving somebody like a checkout in the extra, um, if, if it's especially if it's their airplane and I'm somewhere giving them an insurance checkout, like a 10 hour thing. Uh, every hour, every flight, um, we're, we're egressing. We're not getting out of the airplane normally. We're egressing um, and practicing those egress procedures. But like, I, um, I, I try to do it more. I, I if I if I think about it, I do it. Um, it depends on how often I fly, but I try to do it. Um, you know, like once a month or once every other month or something like that. Of a when I land and shut the engine down, I will treat it like an egress to where I actually. You know, stick the index fingers underneath the bu- each side of the buckle, undo them at the same time. Um, I'll undo my my helmet um, um, quick release, although you wouldn't need to if you're actually egressing. But, you know, and just does and your, just helmet, kind of does your helmet have a separate parachute? <laughs> just <like. laughs> it should. <laughs> the helmet comes off. Save yourself. Yeah, it's got like one of those like um, airbag things when it gets close to the ground or it goes past a certain speed, like it's this huge like bubble of air and <laughs> engulfs it. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, you know, one thing I'll say I started doing um, is in flight masturbating. Like, I didn't start, start, bro. I've been doing it. Those long ferries, man, coast, coast to coast. Come on, you get bored. Um, Agreed. What? what I've started doing is like when I'm going to the, uh, to the practice area, I will, I will in the airplane think about if I needed to bail right now, what are my moves? What are my motions? And I'll actually shadow in the airplane doing it. Um, and I, I never used to do that. I've never, I don't really think I've taught anybody that, but literally just like, Hey, you're, you're cruising out you know, 3,500 feet, 4,500 feet or something like that, getting into the practice area and just thinking about what, where are my hands going to go? If I needed to get out now, where are my hands going first? What am I doing? And what are my movements to get out of the airplane? And I feel like that's been a big help in like just thinking about egressing more and, and yeah. cause it's so easy. We all get into this guys. Like you know, everybody out, out listening can attest to this is like getting super complacent and not thinking about it. And we've all hopped in the airplane and not thought about anything, barely done a harness check, whipped through our shit and landed and, and there's been no issue. And then it's like, you know, you go a couple flights and you're like, man, when was the last time I actually thought about, you know, problems? And it's it's kind of insidious. You, you think you're like, fuck, man, it's been a month. I've flown, a, I've flown six times this month and I haven't thought about bailing out once. I haven't thought about any emergency stuff. Yeah. I need to, I need to kind of get my head back in the game and um, doing it offline wanna, has been a big help. I think I might re-listen to the Nigel uh, Hopkins episode. Cause I know we spoke about that. I mean, yeah. When he had his incident, like what he did and what he did the practice before and stuff. So I think that, I think I might do a little listening later on uh, my tomorrow, my drive to work. I actually think about him a lot. Like um, his comments about how quickly he got out and how it was just like, he instinctively knew he, he he knew he needed to get out and was out, you know, saved his life. Yeah. Literally no, saved inc- his life. Incredible. 
So yeah. <clears throat> next question. Got my, uh, oh, I love Marco. Looking at the advanced team selection this year and walk. This is a great Ve- question. Yeah. Walk in Vegas next. He has in parentheses, 2,900 feet AGL, average October temp of 88 degrees, close parentheses. Knowing that advance is going to have a variation of aircraft, specifically four six cylinders, if the USA is set on producing a win, should four cylinder pilots be required to lease six cylinder planes due to density altitude <laughs> concern? <laughs> so obviously, um, you can't require a pilot to to lease a six cylinder plane, but I do. That's think, a big problem, though. So this is what I would say: um, if you're, I mean, this is just my two cents, and I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head. If you're seriously thinking about trying out for the uh, the the U.S. advanced team because the world is going to be in Gene Nevada, and I totally get it. Like, it's a good opportunity to compete at the world stage. You know, talk to your grandkids about it one day. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I think the respectful thing to do um, for being on a team because you're most likely at least half of those players on that on the U.S. team are going to have SCs or something and are are going to have some experience at worlds and, and see that, uh, sequences. I think that, um, if you're in say a four banger pits or four banger laser, I think you should take some of the, uh, last year's European advanced knowns and the prior year, or they didn't have worlds, but um, what I'm getting at is take some prior, uh, world advanced competition, uh, free unknowns and fly them. And if you honestly can fly through them at a, at a winning level and a contributing level to the team, then I would have not that I, my opinion, like I would have no problem with, but like, I think that that's an, I, if I had like an extra two thirty, um, and if I wanted to go to the team, I think I would fly a lot of the SIVA sequences or a bunch of them and see if I could be competitive. Cause like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just a different, than some people, I guess, because if I go to a competition, I want to go win. I don't want to go just to go and, and and be mid-pack and make it through. I want to compete. Yeah. So, like, I think if you can make it through and you have somebody with some credentials watching you that says, hey, like, you can medal or you can, you know, be top five, you can contribute to a team win, um, then do it. But, like, if you're fucking, like, flying – flying the SIVA sequence and having to take a break or if it's you're falling out of shit and because the SIVA sequences are a lot different than the IC stuff. So um, it, a little bit more demanding, I think, and you got tail slides in there and stuff. So um, I, that's what I would do. I think that's fair. Uh, what do you think? So I know his questions probably there's some tongue in cheek in there um, about requiring, you know, to lease a six cylinder yeah. airplane. Um, but it, I really like the question because, you know, it's going to be hot and high and unlimited. You've got power. People are still going to have to practice at, at, you know, it's not super crazy density altitude, but that's going to be, that's going to be up there, right? People in Denver are probably going to be used to that. Um, But people that are on the coast are not going to be used to that. So it's, it's a new, new dynamic, but um, a four cylinder airplane, you know, uh, 2,900 feet AGL, 88 degree temperature. I mean, that's got to be what five, six, seven thousand feet density altitude. You're adding yeah. a couple grand to that to 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 fly. So almost a ten thousand feet um, density altitude. Um, that that's that's significantly reduced performance for a four cylinder airplane. You know, yeah. so that anybody that's like 
trying to be competitive for advanced, that's a real, pro- I, in my opinion, that's a real problem. I mean, I, if you haven't found your six cylinder airplane, you better do it. Uh, cause you're, you're going to be at a disadvantage. There's just no way you're not going to be at a disadvantage. Yeah. I do think that like, um, there are airplanes that like four bangers that could metal. I think, um, uh, a very, you know, if you're, if you got the experience and the talent, I think you can meddle in an extra 230 in the advanced level. Um, yeah. I think the right um, laser could do it, probably. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's pretty much an extra 230. Um, yeah, I think a G202 or not G202, well, G202, I think would would do well, but you know, you get into that category that that Matt Chapman kind of touched upon with Rob where you don't see a lot of G202s at international competition so that the international judges are not used to seeing that airplane. And, and um, I think, I think it has an, a little bit of an effect on the score. So um, I do think as if I was going to go to a world and a four banger um, off the top of my head, I would go with the 230, but it'd be a little, I, you know, do a little work on the engine, you know, just maybe go 10 to one and, uh, you know, some other modifications on it and try to lighten it up. But that would be my yeah. mail. Yeah. Cause if yeah. you could get 240 horsepower out of it, you're, you're in the mix. Yeah. Um, whatever. Like 200 I mean, yeah. horsepower though. Like, a like, you know, Marco's laser, like a uh, good example. Like, you know, Marco's going to have a hell of a time. Yeah. I think I you would know, pick- a, a straight 200 horsepower laser. That's, I, I feel like that's a hard, that's a hard, uh, it's hard. You know what question I would love to ask the Don, because he's, mm-hmm. I think the Don had a two thirty, is um, if you were going to compete at Worlds at current that the current world whatever it is going to be twenty twenty three Worlds in G Nevada, would you fly an extra two thirty that is um, modded up like hopped up you know like we were talking about not a stock two thirty but like a I'm not saying like a fifteen hour motor that's going to grenade. Um, you yeah. know, a, a reliable 230 that's been lightened up and has some engine modi- modifications on it or a stock 300S? That's a good question. Right? I, Me, I would go with, with the 230. I've never flown a 230, but um, I don't know. I've I heard just, really good things. Yeah, I've heard enough good to to want it. <laughs> and I've heard a couple yeah. bad uh, or a bunch of yeah. bad about a 300S. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, like, who's who's... The only person flying a 300S right now is Don, right? Don's got a 300S. Um, Charlie Sykes in advance has got a 300S. Marty yeah, Flor- right. Marty's flying it too. He's got an MX2 though. Um, you know, the 300S, I think it's it's, it's a pretty airplane. Um, but, you know, it's just got to, I don't know. Um, I'd love to have it's a glorified some, 300L at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, but, it's, um, it's a heavy airplane that, it, you know, for as much as we thought the 300S got right, it really it really kind of was a miss. I mean, what would you would you buy a 232? Well, that's an obvious question. A cap 232 or a 300S, you buy cap, right? I think so. I've never flown one, but I just what I've hear, heard from the cap about the cap. It's mm. just a, a monumental airplane. I, I, I it sounds like the 232 is a way more capable airplane. Yeah. 231 um, and 232 for that matter. I mean, really capable airplanes. Totally. But um yeah, that's like one of my that's my I think the extra 230 
I have a, I don't, I never really sat down and really thought like, what's, you know, when I get older, uh, what's my bucket list airplane going to be? And, um, I don't know. It, it's going to be a toss up between a 230 and a cap, like a 231 EX or a 232. Yeah. That'd be so sweet. They're just such beautiful airplanes. Yeah. I don't want to get an antique airplane because then it's like, you got to fucking all this maintenance, it seems, and parts that you can't buy. Well, it's anymore. going to be antique by then. Yeah. But like homing should be, eh, whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, you know what I would do? No, I wouldn't do this. I was going to say I'll get a 230, but then do like Leo Loudenschlager's paint scheme on it. It's kind of oh, similar. sick. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I yeah. like it. Should be interesting. All right. How about how about one more question and then uh, we'll we'll call this a night. You got it. Um, Tyler Mayer, could Kermit Weeks in the rebuilt week special still beat most of the monoplanes out there? My answer is yeah. very short, but I'll let you go first. Um. God, I think so. I mean, from the shitty YouTube video of it, it looks like it can really get through some shit. You remember that torque roll he did? It was like a <laughs> yeah, forty I, turn torque roll. <laughs> that airplane was pretty nuts. Yeah. Supposedly um, he is rebuilding it. Is he? Yeah, I don't know what he's what? gonna do. I think he's just gonna hang in the museum. But I wish we get get him on the podcast. If somebody knows him, let's reach out to him. We can reach out to him. I'm friends with him I on wanna, Facebook. I want to find out why why he. Uh, why he's not like as wants anything to do with IAC. Something must have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I uh we should reach out to him. Cause he'd be he would be fascinating to get on the podcast regardless. But yeah. uh oh my god, his stories from the freaking heyday, man. Be amazing. He, I mean he's he's a legend. He's he's one of the greats. So that airplane is a pretty incredible airplane. Yeah. And then I mean, like you want to talk about purpose built airplanes. That that's a pretty incredible airplane. I can't even imagine how much money got put into that, like the engineering and the uh, build of that it had to be crazy. Had to be crazy. Yeah. I, so I'm going to say, I'm going to go. No, I'm going to say no. I, I don't know that that airplane competes in unlimited. I don't know that it competes on the, on the, the, the high level stage of monoplanes. No, I don't think so. I think I four minute, four minute free has some potential. Well, it has a lot of potential. I, well, actually. I can see a I can see a four minute free out of that thing. Yeah, I just I wonder. You know, now again, it goes. It, there's so many other factors. It's like, is that airplane capable of unlimited? Yes. Um, can it withstand unlimited? I don't know. I don't know the build of that airplane. I mean, just just seems like every single pits um, wood just doesn't withstand. You know, wood pits, wood ribs uh, don't last very long. Um, in the upper upper echelons of competition, you know, upper wing ribs on the on the pits, especially the S twos, uh, they just they just disintegrate over time. Um, and I, I don't remember what the week special had in terms of wings, uh, wing design, and and what the material was, but um, I would imagine it's wood. You know, back when it was built, I, I would say that those are probably all wood wings. In fact, they're probably all like wood skinned in the whole deal. You know, it's not even, um, you know, yeah. I'd say it's probably wood. I don't know. I don't know how that would withstand. I don't know how he built that uh, and how it was. If it was built to last, I don't, and I don't know. Um, but the modern comp, I just man, unlimited now. It takes a very special airplane. Yeah, it just takes a very takes a very special pilot, of course. Um, well, not not uh, ISC, but like the SEVA level shit. It's fucking crazy. It's insane. No, it's insane. Look, looking at some of that stuff, it's just like it, it blows your mind. Yeah. No, it's fucking. 
some serious shit. <laughs> welcome, yeah. welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, welcome to hell, bitches. <laughs> um, you know who else I want to get on the podcast? Which we were spoken about is that guy, uh, David Ellison. He, I don't think I think it's a long shot because he's super famous and um probably too cool for I don't us. No, anybody that knows him enough to reach out to him. We're going to get Wayne Hanley on the podcast. Uh, we've been talking about it. Um, yeah. I've been talking to him back and forth. So um, he knows Ellison oh, quite he does? well. Yeah. Oh, maybe we'll just smooth that in. Larry Ellison gifted him an extra. Really? Yeah, as far as I remember. That's awesome. Well, uh, we'll have to talk about it. Yeah, but uh, uh, we'll try to get him on the podcast. Um, we're getting, We're definitely getting Wayne Hanley on. Uh, as long yeah. as technology can work out, but yeah, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get the legend on. Um, that'd be great. Um, dude, let's wrap this thing up. A uh, couple, couple, uh, housekeeping things. Um, the San Martin, uh, the food truck, truck flying Joe McMurray, shout out to, uh, Joe, um, another food truck flying. It's going to be amazing. Uh, he and, uh, Nikki Britton are putting it on. Uh, it was super fun last year. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. A bunch of food trucks, a bunch of airplanes flying in, live music, the whole deal. And I'll be there, uh, hopefully representing Lyft stuff. And, nice. uh, you know, come on out. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So any California peeps, anybody in the Bay Area, or even people up from, you know, Southern California, maybe get Sammy to fly the uh, edge up. You hear that, Sammy? Come on. Come on up. But, uh, yeah, we'll be out there kicking it. So come on out. And uh, that's May 21st. Sweet. What else? What else we got? Lyft. Shout out to Lyft. Use promo code FlyCoolShit for 25% off your order. Thank you guys for uh, supporting the podcast. And uh, if you guys have ordered the new uh, carbon fiber shell helmets, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know. I'm, I'm, I haven't received one, uh, and I, I probably, I'm probably going to buy one because I want one really bad, um, and I want to see one. But uh, if you've ordered one, let me know because I'm, I'm be super curious to see. Uh, when you get it and what you think of it. Nice. Yeah. And uh, flycoolshit.com slash merch. Buy some shirts, please. Pretty please. Oh, my God. I'm just scrolling through Facebook. And yeah. Massage is such a little suck up to Sammy. I guess it's Sammy's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> what do you say? And it's like 20. It's 1220 right now in the morning because he's in Jersey, too. Yeah. So it's not even Sammy's birthday. I'll get it right there because he wrote happy birthday, Sammy. But it's. It's uh, 920 in California. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> it's 920 in California, you fucking dweeb. You moron. So funny. Get him. How do you spell moron? M-O-R-O-N? <laughs> if you have to ask. If you have to ask. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. That's yeah, funny. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go look at it. Love you, massage. <laughs> <sighs> All right, brother. You got anything else? That's it, man. Thanks, Lyft. We love you. We love you, Braden. Yeah. Todd, Braden, Jackson, everybody at Lyft. Love you guys. Love all the listeners out there. Thank you guys for uh, listening. Thank you guys for sending us questions. Appreciate the questions. We'll uh, we'll do some more uh, next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much all I got, dude. <laughs> Uh, have a good day. I'm still laughing about that. <laughs> Get him. Oh, massage. Uh, yeah. All right, All guys. Right. Till next Peace. week. Later. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 